Hey guys, what's going on? Whist- Hello. Whistling Tommy. Oh, I am whistling, and I am whistling because, you know, forget it. I just got, I got one word for you, because I'm jazzed up, I'm psyched up, I'm ready to go tonight. One word, one hyphenated word, and, was that two words when it's hyphenated? I, uh, anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. That one word is Spider-Man. Have you guys caught this movie yet? I am so excited. Scotty, I know you're probably ready to spout off. About those box office numbers, over two hundred million in the first weekend, and during a pandy surge too. During the pandy surge, I was surprised as well. It's unreal. I'm. I don't know about you guys. I'm pretty excited for what comes next in this uh, Marvel multiverse. I don't want to get too spoilery. I'm into it. I'm ready. I can't. I can't keep track. I'm lost. I'm really. Yeah. Well. No, Lost was a different show, Becker. You were also confused. The smoke monster scared you. I remember that. You like hid under your couch for a week. <laughs> That's Tobey Maguire, though, right? In... <laughs> yeah. Have you guys heard the the Spider Man rumor though about the next movie that's already pre 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 production? No. No. Um. So for for Spider Man Four, uh, bring home the bacon. They're blowing the doors off the multiverse totally, and they're bringing in the all the greatest villains now. From all Disney properties to fight Spidey. From Disney's classic, uh, we've got Maleficent. From Star Wars, it's looking like, obviously, Darth Vader is going to step in. Um, let's see. We get Aaron Burr from the Lin-Manuel Mirandaverse. Um, Stephen A. Smith is coming in from ESPN. And finally, from the Beatles properties, none other than Michael Lindsay Hogg is going to be the uh, the villain in the next <laughs> Spider-Man movie. I can't wait. So excited. <laughs> There's no Mir- Miranda verse. Good evening, my Blotto Scruffs. I'm going to go a little bit deeper in this intro tonight because I found this ancient haiku that I think really sums up how I feel, and I thought it would be a nice way to kick off tonight. And I think the author's name has sort of just been been lost to the ages, but um, here, it, here it goes. And Well, Tommy, I mean, you're a man of letters. You, you're probably going to really, really enjoy this. So, um, uh, Yeah, I'm excited. The moon is right. The spirit's up. Mm. We're here tonight, mm. and that's enough. Because I hope. And isn't isn't that nice? It's like my least favorite Beatles associated Christmas haiku. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope that you all just had a wonderful Christmas time. But for us, it's Christmas Eve Eve. And mm-hmm. I feel that uh, we're not working tomorrow. So our cups shall be running over with good cheer this evening. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Blotto's e- Blotto Beatles. Celebrate the world over as the leading loaded laureates of Beatles broadcasting. I'm Beckard, and this is episode 38. As a reminder, we are the podcast where a couple of friends have a couple of drinks and come together to discuss and rank a single Beatles song. You've already heard from one of those friends, my great friend and yours. It's Tommy. What is up? What's what? And you know, we got the man. He runs it. 
He makes it happen. He's the George Martin of New, New England. England. That's Scotty C. Up, guys. Hey. What's going on, my friends? That was the first time we hit the New England in a while. That it's felt been good. it's been pretty disparate. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's been times where I'm just like sitting here holding a beer and you're doing it, and I'm like, oh yeah, we do this thing. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That felt. Good. I feel like we should just pre-record a bunch of them so that we can just spice yeah, them in. But as our producer, I think Scotty should be like, all right, now give me sad. Now give me yeah. sadder. <laughs> yeah, now give me exactly. sexy. Yeah, it, we do his like a. We have to do his obituary day. Like, oh, if you ever have to run on my obituary, like, well, how yeah. would you do the intro? You know? <laughs> yeah, we do be, it. Do it. Um, the George Martin mournful. <laughs> have a bigger delay, a longer delay. Yeah, George yeah. Martin of New <laughs> New England. Yeah, more out of sync. More out of sync than that. Even <laughs> like dumb. oh. Uh, I hope that um, you know we're here on Christmas Eve. Eve. Are you guys feeling festive? No one has yeah, a Christmas well, tree in in. Holy shit! I wish I picked Christmas right as a magical mystery word. I was gonna too. Oh, oh really? We're gonna, we're gonna talk Christmas. I feel like. Yeah, I, I I thought it would be too much, but I was thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we would have been fucking Florida already, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope Santa's gonna be good to all of you guys, but I feel like it's a good moment to reflect on Christmas. And maybe see where, mm-hmm. where you guys are at with some of some of that. I don't. Uh, you guys have a favorite Christmas tune? I know that we did some Christmas talk on on ranking the Beatles. If yep. anyone has ever listened to that episode, we did a little Christmas in uh, July of this year. But um, yeah, like, what do you guys like for Christmas? Because I felt for me a long time in my twenties, I was finding a bunch of artists, and then you find like, oh, Springsteen has these like Christmas songs, and they turned my stomach. Like, I I didn't like it at the time. Now. I am fully on the other side of like, uh, I like this. <laughs> I'm into yeah. it. Like it's it's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. Claire and Santa bring you a new saxophone. Yeah, or that when <laughs> Petty's like, I want a new Rickenbacker guitar for Christmas. <laughs> um, I am fully in in the pocket of the Phil Spector Christmas record for now yeah, and for always. I think it's you know, you know, this is definitely a separate the art from the artist conversation, right? But <laughs> Um, it is the total classic Christmas feeling to me. You put that thing on, you hear Darlene Love when when the needle drops. It's just unbelievable. And it's the way Christmas music should sound in my mind with that, the wall of sound. And also it has a weird connection for me, um, because a few of the songs were used on the soundtrack of the film Gremlins, which is, you guys remember Gremlins? Don't feed them after midnight. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? You know? Um, and there, uh, at least one, but I feel like a couple of the songs are used as the gremlins are starting to tear through the town. Um, and I always kind of like, yeah, there's a weird connection with Mogwais and, and Christmas to me. I was like how loaded the title of that record now feels because it's like mm-hmm. a Christmas gift for you from Phil Spector. Like imagine that box just sitting under your Christmas tree tomorrow morning. Like you wouldn't open it. Well, I don't know if you remember <laughs> this, but... Um, you know our our, not. our friend <laughs> our friend Travis Shettle, who was on an episode of Blotto Beatles, he of the band Piebald, right? Um, Travis and the band a few years ago released a Christmas seven inch. Oh yeah. Which yeah. is uh it, it's got three really great songs on it. Um it, it, uh one is called uh, All I Want for Christmas is to Rage with My Friends. That is pretty much the the, the main track there. But the seven inch itself is called Piebald presents to you a musical Christmas adventure. 
which I think pulls from that Phil Spector, you know, tradition (laughs) there, which I love. I like that. Yeah. Scotty C, what are you spending for Christmas over there? Um, What does the family agree on? uh, Nothing. Um, But but a a lot of classic stuff. Elvis Christmas is probably Mm. the biggest one. I'm a huge... uh, a huge fan of the Motown Christmas. That was always my go-to. Yeah, I've got that in the mix. That's that great. great. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I love Christmas music, so I'm into it all, really. Um, but I, those, those two are some of the standouts for me. I do make sure every Christmas morning, after you know, um, kids come downstairs, we open some presents, we get the coffee going. I throw on the Phil Spector record for a few, and then I make sure to very slyly put on the Bob Dylan Christmas record oh, as almost an, a, an attack to my wife <laughs> <laughs> and just wait to see how long she notices and starts cringing at it. <laughs> I've grown some affection for that record where like it turned my stomach for years and years. And now I'm like, here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa. <laughs> I'm like, all right, like maybe this isn't so bad. Like, I don't know. Like uh, I play it a couple times a year for sure. I was a big, uh, my dad was big John Denver and the Muppets. I don't know if you guys know yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, so I, I I play that one still when when decorating the Christmas tree, but I'm a, a little drummer boy guy. I love I know you are little yeah. drummer boy. Like I just think that that's the perfect Christmas tune, and uh, the band Low does a great version of that, and then Mark Cosmic from the Red House Painters does a great version of that. So I, I play both of those. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm always a little surprised at your your affinity for the little drummer boy, and I don't know because I hate why. drummers. <laughs> But, but when they're innocent little story. boys, I just <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. I find more affection for them, yeah. you know? before they become. He has not. <laughs> he has nothing to give Tommy but his drum, and he'll play for you. You know, like it's it's the ultimate. Just you know, I feel like Christmas songs don't have that sentiment. Like, what other Christmas song is like? I have nothing that I can do except parumpa pum pum. Like I'm like all right, uh, all the ones about Jesus, pretty much. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to say, obviously, to our all our listeners who celebrate Christmas, a, a very Merry that Christmas we are to all of you, bigger than Jesus. <laughs> if, uh, but also to to our our listeners who um, celebrate Hanukkah or anything else, or, or maybe don't celebrate anything at all. We hope you're finding some some joy in this nice winter season. We you know, ideally I'll get a little time off from work and a little time to reassess and, you know, um, you know. Yeah, when I'm not sure about people, I generally just uh, wish them a happy new year, you know. Yes. Everyone probably is celebrating the new year, expect, especially right now. Mm-hmm. Going into, uh, you know, Pandy 3.0, you're like, all right. like All right, that's two pandies, guys. You got one left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, it's three total for the show? I thought it was three each. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to rewrite the rules now. Eh? <laughs> I'll give you a few. Go ahead. I'm being generous this season. <laughs> yeah. But what if I happen to say, what if like I'm talking about a Yogi Bear sort of thing, but I, I want to talk about like bandy bears, you know? Like... <laughs> different context. It's cool. Don't worry. Right. Yeah. So that's cool. All right. Bandy bears just are make, different. Yeah. Just making sure that, I know where that, I sit. That episode. But... Rumpa bum bum. Anyways, I hope that <laughs> <laughs> that could be the new anyways. Like, yeah. I'm just like, wow. 
and so on and so on. Yeah. Anyways, well, I hope that you bros, uh, we're not getting together for Christmas, unfortunately. And actually, we usually hang out for New Year's, which is, yeah. has been a big tradition that's been interrupted by uh, current situations, which has been a, a huge bummer. That's something I look forward to a ton. Miss We've it. been hanging out for Christmas Eve at your house for a long time. We've been going away for New Year's. I know. Uh, as as families together. And, a dec- uh, now, decade plus a New Year's probably. Yeah. Together. A, a real, uh, I don't have a ton of traditions that I've built in my life. Yeah. And I've been going with your family and I started a family a little bit later. And um, I thought that that would be something that you would now have to put up with my children and or ch- a child. I only have a child. But, you never uh, presented it as put up <laughs> when we were together. I didn't. I'm just kidding. I never thought that for a second. You have uh, amazing kids. Um. So yeah. Anyways, I miss I miss you, bros, in person, and I yes. wish you both a, a very merry Christmas. Did you guys ask for anything for Christmas? Because I did ask for something for Christmas. What would you? A ask couple for? of months ago. Well, when the Paul McCartney book came out that was announced, my mom always asked me for Christmas gifts, and I always feel dumb telling. I'm like, I'm a forty something year old man. Like, I hate. Like asking for something for Christmas. Like I just don't like it. But this thing came out and I was like, all right, I'm just going to send this to my mom because she's going to find pleasure in buying this for me. And I send it to her and I'm like, this is something I'm going to, I would buy myself. But you know, if you want a Christmas idea. And I think I sent it in like June or something, you know? And she's like, look who wants a Christmas gift. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like I thought I was helping you. So, so I think uh, I'm bummed because all of everyone. All our Twitter and uh, you know podcast pals have already talked about it, but I think the Paul McCartney uh, lyrics book is coming your Christmas way. tree for me. Yeah, wow. You, I hope you've been a good boy. That's I a... hope it's not coal under there. <laughs> that's you a don't want that's a thick book, coal. ain't it? Yeah, it looks looks heavy. Feel bad that I made my mom carry it around. Yeah, all through the mall. You know what? You know what else is heavy, right? <laughs> coal. <laughs> <laughs> better be careful man that's all i'm saying um i always think i'm like a, an easy person to buy gifts for and i continually improved wrong at that when people give me <laughs> gifts like, yeah. and especially like you know uh you know like you're talking about like i'm like mom get me like not that i say get me anything but in my head and this is probably on me i should just say these things out loud and i don't like Maybe a gift certificate to a record store would be a lovely yeah. idea for me that I, you know, or get me a couple records or whatever, you know, or, um, I like winter hats. Go yeah, ahead. Get me a winter true. hat. You know what I mean? And instead I get like weird pajama pants. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thanks. What's they so weird flam- about them? They have flamingos on them. <laughs> <laughs> Not flamingos. It's flamenco dancers all over them. But they're dancing with flamingos, which I guess is kind of cool now that I think about it. Yeah, I, I, exactly. probably be I think your mom is actually being pretty thoughtful. But they're a youth large, and that's yeah, <laughs> they're not not flattering. But they're a husky fit, right? Yeah, they, they're a husky fit youth large. <laughs> so it's close. <laughs> But they have a full button fly. It's like seven buttons on this thing. Yeah, that's not what you need in pajama pants because that's all I admit. Like, we're just going over the top, you know. Like, still, like we don't need to talk about this. (laughs) 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 Anyways, what do we have in store for the people tonight? Um, we've got some music talk. 
We've got yeah. some drinking talk. Yeah. We've got some mystery word talk. Oh, yeah. What's that all about? Oh, tonight's magical mystery word? Well, the, uh, let me turn it over to Scotty C, who can... Uh, well, let me tell you, Becca. You might not remember. It's been a few weeks. It, it's a word that if we say it, um, we're all going to have to take a drink. Scotty's picked it. It's a secret to us. And we are going to take our headphones off right now so Scotty can whisper to the audience this evening's magical mystery word. Saturday. Barum, bum, bum, bum. So that was tonight's <laughs> magical mystery word. And... um. I'm having a cocktail. You guys having a cocktail this evening? I'm on vacation. We're we're getting into holiday season, so um, I I did pour myself a little dram of some bullet bourbon this evening to to kick things off. Becker, um, I do have a fond memory of bullet bourbon. I think the first time anyone ever made me a Manhattan uh, was in my house in Mashpee. You had showed up. We had a few friends over, and you had a small bottle of. You just stopped at the liquor store, got some small bottles of stuff, and you said, "Who wants some Manhattans?" And mixed us up some fine cocktails, and was oh. with the bullet. So I think of that anytime I'm having the bullet. Um, and then, guys, big news! I did get to our friends at Devil's Purse Brewery a couple weeks ago. Ooh. Oh, yeah, we haven't done an episode since then. No, and if you they guys have very an opportunity generous. to swing by, they always are. Tim and Mike, they they do a nice job. Tonight in the holster from Devil's Purse, I have. The League's Beneath Spiced Ale, which has some ginger in it, I think. Cool. That feels, I have the, that feels wintry, I mean. Yeah, the Christmas-y. Skywind Huckabee Double IPA, which I've had before. It's delicious. I like that one. I've got the Visual Artifact Rye Strong Ale in the holster. Ooh. And then, of course, you know I got that white can. I got the Hanline Kolsch in here oh, as well. So, so all good. of these are waiting for you in my garage uh, the next time we can see each other. So... You know, why does this feel like a trap? <laughs> I just saw you the other day. Why didn't you bring them to me? Why do I have to go to your well, garage? Well, we're yeah. I, yeah. You got to come to my garage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I can't tell you why. <laughs> um, thank Becca, you, uh, you. Thank you, of course, to, oh to my God. our friends at Devil's Purse. Who so generous. Came on for a great episode and have been fueling a bunch of these nights. So uh, thank you for, for sending those our way. Um, I have not met up with you yet, so I'm not sitting on the devil's purse, unfortunately, but, um, I've got a couple, I'm not a big, like bourbon or brown liquor collector. Like I believe you should buy stuff and and drink it. And and a bunch of people are like hoarding bourbon these days. And that seems kind of silly to me, but I've been sitting on this, uh, Nico whiskey from the barrel, a a Japanese whiskey that I tap into a little bit for special occasions. And it's a Christmas Eve, Eve, Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. (laughs) <laughs> so I am drinking that uh, this evening. I've been having a little bit of that. And then on the back of that, I also have a rye, a Harpoon Green Mountain Ride, which has been, um, they 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 have something to do with the Whistle Pig um, oh. rye whiskey stuff, which has been great. A, a pricey bottle sometimes, but um, nice to have those guys together. And then I am also drinking this... Uh, Zero Gravity Italian Pilsner. So I've been a big fan of the Pilsners. And I've seen more people are brewing this Italian Pilsner. And I don't really know what to tell you the difference is. In my mouth, it's like a little bit maltier, maybe. But um, this has been been pretty killer. So uh, I've been putting these down. I don't know if they're popularly available. I just stumbled on them the other day. But I'm uh, fully endorsing these. It says uh, Pisolino in it. Huh? My, my Italian sounds like great. 
Scotty, what do you got in your cup this evening? I got slain. And I went to the uh, the local package store. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I was just going to grab the bottle. I got to the counter and I put it down. And the fella says to me, oh, they got those um, slain like, gift packs over there. And I'm like, whatever, dude. And I like, just give me my booze. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but then he was like, go check it out. And I was like, all right, I'll be polite. I walk over and it's like a Christmassy wrapped thing. It's a bottle. It also came with a slain glass. Ah, I like those glasses. Like it's the fake can type glass. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I got a, whoa. And an ornament. And it was a only bottle, $5 that, that's more. That's a bottle popper. Yep. And an that ornament? Was a, that was a bottle popper and an ornament. And an ornament. And it was only $5 more than the bottle on its own. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to buy my own swag from this place, but <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I like this yeah, glass a that's... lot. I never I thought like of that. that. It's kind of like a, a, a can. I like yeah, that yeah. glass. Yeah. It's a beer can. It's funny that they gave you a beer can glass and like a beer opener for your slain whiskey. For your yeah. whiskey. <laughs> I don't know. They're yeah. sort of saying like... uh you should just be drinking beers. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? Well, doing? I like that you bought yourself a gift. Then you know, like the this is the time <laughs> we, also for you get for self you treat care. People don't talk enough yourself. about self care during the, yeah during the holidays, but I do think that's very important. So, well, it's nice that we're drinking this evening. Mm-hmm. You know what I did forget to mention um, as I was talking about the Devil's Purse handline Kolsch, guys. What about it? That it's the official. It's the official. Oh, it, oh it is. Absolutely. It is the official beer. I almost broke our contract there. <laughs> Close one. <laughs> they just show up and take those beers back immediately. Yeah. He's yep. going to be in your garage, Reboat. dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if only Slain were anywhere as close to his supportive and cool as as the devil's they give us people. no love i have not heard a single other person in the world talk about slain yeah i've literally <laughs> talked about even, it more than i i probably can't should. even yeah. like our instagram post but uh you know anyways we're not we're not here for validation that's for sure <laughs> we're not wait, pandering we're, wait hold on wait what <laughs> we're not are we pandering i don't even know who we're pandering i thought i was only here for validation i'm a very sad well, insecure we, man. i think we validate each other which is uh, nice. okay. you know i go i go to bed feeling well validated but oh, that's good and handsome thank you so that was what we're drinking that's what's in our cups this evening and uh before we get into talking about the song becker i think it's probably important to introduce the uh listeners to the band who created the song so do me a favor Concisely as always, please tell me who are the Beatles. Frankly, I'm I'm, I'm getting really tired of this, and um, I'll keep doing it if 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 I need to, you know. But um, all right, let me check my notes here. Um, if the early rockers paved the way for what was to come, it was this band that dug up the road and skyrocketed to international stardom. This sounds right, right? An iconic quartet. Okay, yeah. The Ab Four, as they were affectionately called. They had powerful, thunderous jams and blues vibrations in their bones. Mm. And sadly, their time was cut short, you know, brought on by the death of their drummer, um, the Beatles. John and Paul Jones, Robert Plant, John Bonham, (laughs) 
and oh. Jimmy Page. You know these oh. guys? Uh, yes, I do. They yeah. yeah. So uh, the Beatles, they started yeah. off. They were just doing numbers for their records for a long time, and it's super confusing because they did the Beatles one after nine oh nine, the Beatles two <laughs> of us, the Beatles three <laughs> cool cats, the Beatles four <laughs> no one, and then I you know I really got into it sort of when like the demo stuff came out for Immigrantology one. I don't know if you guys listened to that one at all, but like it just really was interesting to like hear their process. So I, I don't know. You guys like these guys? It's 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 not the Beatles, man. Again. Come on. You you love fixing a whole lot of love. Yeah, I do. Paper <laughs> paper black dog. <laughs> uh Ramble Ono. No, it's dude. You please, Misty Mountain Hop, <laughs> talking ab- about one of the greatest rock bands ever. Uh, Your mother not- should know quarter. <laughs> um, you're talking about Led Zeppelin. You're talking about Dancing Led Zeppelin. Yesterdays. <laughs> and I would love to actually do a Led Zeppelin drinking podcast with you. I, I might be pronouncing um, this the the title I'm thinking of wrong. I'm thinking we could do one called Dire Makers Mark. Uh, is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Is that right? And if Maker's Mark doesn't immediately sponsor us, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be super pissed. <laughs> I only no, had stair- Stairway to Heaving, where we just get super drunk and puke every episode. <laughs> While climbing a flight of stairs. <laughs> In a skyscraper. <laughs> Scotty C, you like the Zep? Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely down with that, with that group. Um they just are so unique and yeah mm-hmm. like they're just the the four personalities are so strong and they work well together and that's the best part um all obviously amazingly talented wicked into american blues and doing it in a whole new way with freaking weird sounds and lyrics and things they've tried it's i'm into it and they start to define like a new rock stardom, which is probably closer to what we know than what the Beatles are. And like they talk about it a ton. Like Led Zeppelin sort of like unseats the Beatles as sort of like the bigger bands yeah. of the world in a way. You know, like uh, John Bonham says a thing where he's like, you know, the Beatles were to be seen when you went to see the Beatles. It wasn't about a performance. Like I went to see them and it was like you couldn't even hear the music. And it was just to be like, oh, here are these personalities and you're close to them. Now we're presenting music and it's not to be seen. It's to, to be heard, you know, which yeah. I think is a, a pretty cool and realistic angle. And it's also where, where am I? I'm at with music. You know I mean? That's, uh-huh. I want to go. I want to see this moment, you know? So. I love Led Zeppelin. I think I need to still like immerse myself just wholly into it. And I, did anyone read that book that came out? Was like probably four or five years ago. Now it was like, um, Walking Among Giants or something like that. It, I forget the name of it exactly. It's like the big Led Zeppelin biography. And I think if I read that kind of listening along, it might give me the full immersive experience that I'm looking for of like the career spanning thing, like dive into a record, um, really figure out like how they changed. Um, when Giants Walk the Earth is what it's called. Right. Um, and I know that was big just a few years ago, but um, I didn't read that. J- the big, yeah, like, salacious I, Led Zeppelin book is Hammer of the Gods, and that yeah. is a fantastic, trashy read. But 
is it does it get super just into the occult stuff is that the, the <laughs> it doesn't talk or? too much about Aleister Crowley it talks more about sort of like a, what it means to be like the biggest rock band in the world like touring the uh, United okay States type fair thing. enough I do think it's funny the first time I saw um the song remains the same um that's the name of the concert doc right I believe so that is a um it's uh yeah it's it's like some concert footage and some like acted footage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's like the them in New York or whatever stuff though. Like, like when they're playing, you're like, that's the first time I really saw them play on on something, and you're like, oh, these guys don't look like they sound. <laughs> like they are like a little more like foppish or something than you like they sound like. Like you're thinking of, you're gonna like watch these like Vikings, right? And yeah, that yeah, is but, not what Led Zeppelin yeah, is. Still like British dudes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no offense um, to I, our British dudes. Our fantastic British audience. Um, I think my probably favorite Led Zeppelin memory is you know, memory associated with Led Zeppelin is uh our, our good friend Dean, who maybe we need to get on the pod at some point. <laughs> we were all hanging out one night and I think a Zeppelin song came on and he's like, Oh, Led Zeppelin. Super underrated band, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he literally was like, "You don't hear these guys too much." Yeah, I was like, yeah, "I don't know, man. Have you, you know, do you get classic radio in that car?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like they're played in supermarkets now. <laughs> like, they yeah, are everywhere. Was... Yeah, you never really hear these guys, huh? Pretty underrated. I don't know, like, little little indie for you guys, like a little punk maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of how it came across. <laughs> Um, you know, so like I was saying, there's kind of like a, you know, I was like for the connection, that's, 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 that's yeah. my vibe of this piece, but you know, they kind of, they don't, they don't throw each other a ton of respect because like I said, I think the sort of Zeppelin, especially the British press, like, I think they sort of like put the Beatles to bed and then pick up on, on Zeppelin. But I think there's two interesting points to me, but, uh, Glenn Johns who we're talking a ton about and people are super yeah. familiar probably because of get back, but he's a teenage friend of, of, of page. And he had just engineered Led Zeppelin one essentially before they started the get back session. So oh, wow. he had been doing that in September and October. And then January they start up get back. So he had just been uh, Jimmy page, I think produces technically produced Led Zeppelin one. So yeah. he was the engineer on that record. And I guess he played it for the Beatles and they, they could sort of care less. I mean, it's interesting that they still brought him on to sort of helm up this project. But so anyways, I think that angle of the Glenn John stuff is, is kind of interesting to be like, oh, you know, that they have some connection to the Beatles or go into sort of introducing the band that become the, the biggest band in the world by also doing a session that sort of almost like puts to bed the biggest band in the world. So I actually think that's a pretty powerful thing to have been part of, but Number two that I think is pretty cool is that Led Zeppelin had done their first tour of the United States, and they, they were a band that came to the United States a couple of weeks before their record came out. So they were touring in in the like Denver and playing like that was their first show and playing a bunch of funny spaces. And then their record came out and they came to Boston, which we are all all fans of Boston. And Woo. apparently it was the perfect mix of like the record had come out and they were just like fucking on their game and they rocked out like three or four nights in a row at a club in Boston called the Boston Tea Party and they didn't have enough material. And and so they, they sort of went through everything they did and then they ended up, according to uh, uh, 
page, I think, um, they ended up playing Please Please Me and I Saw Her Standing There, which are not yeah. two songs that you necessarily think that like Ze- Led yeah. Zeppelin would play uh, coming off of, uh, you know, Zeppelin 1. So actually, that was pretty interesting. There's no recording of it for whatever reason, but um, he says it happened. So I'm going to I'm going to take him at his word. Well, and I think if you like, if you think about that rock and roll music version of Zeppelin, yeah, like this loud, brash, like early rock thing, like you can almost hear something like I saw her standing there, sounding like more of like the backbeat band or something, you know, that um, it's a little more wide open and raw and rollicking. I think that'd be cool. I mean, I guess when you're just like talking about the core of rock and roll, like. Everyone is springing from that, especially at this time. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe that, maybe that's a straighter line than I think in my head. You know, for me, Zeppelin is something that, like, I've been passionate about on and off a ton of points in my life. You know, where I've just like really gone into it, and then I step back from it a little bit. Like, there isn't a great, um, like, there isn't a Zeppelin vibe for every mood. The same way we talk about the Beatles. Like, there isn't a way yeah. to just be like, oh, I'm gonna do like the chill out zeppelin record like i don't quite know what that is like if someone thinks they have that i would love to know but it always just seems like every zeppelin record is exactly a zeppelin vibe and so it's harder to uh harder to peg that in i mean maybe a little bit later like uh in through the outdoor which i really like i love um i love the song all of my love i think i've talked Mm -hmm. about that before um um and that's that's definitely like a, a, maybe a little bit different vibe because it has a synthesizer and stuff. But I always sort of I pigeonhole Zeppelin a little bit in a fucking awesome hole. Um, but I don't I probably don't reach for it as much as I would like to. Yeah, there was something about growing up. Uh, we you know all grew up in the '90s and like the dudes wearing Led Zeppelin shirts were different than the dudes I wanted to hang out with. You yeah. know, and yes. so it took me longer to get <laughs> into them. I think because of that, and that's, you know, a fault on my part of like shutting the door because of whoever like listened to them, but they were also the same dudes wearing doors shirts. And I still stand by that one. (laughs) (laughs) My grandmother bought me the, we had gone to like tape world together at the mall and she got me Zeppelin for, I think in like fifth or sixth grade. And I just remember that record kicking in, like in my shitty headphones and like feeling pretty amazing about it you know not mm-hmm. not quite sure why but but feeling awesome about it so that it does bring that back when i when i when i hear that kick off but um you know i think stairway is still probably a great fucking tune but i'm never gonna listen to it again <laughs> like i don't know like there's not one second of my life where i'm like i need to listen to stairway to heaven again but well it's funny i i think about this project um too much that we're doing and it's there are songs that i've heard as much as stairway to heaven that we're going to talk about and I, I wonder you know a, a great part of this process has been listening to these songs with fresh ears or whatever but like a song like lucy in the sky with diamonds i think is going to be hard for me to hear freshly and not like bring the baggage of the millions of listens i've had kind of the, what you're saying about stairway in, in, in that same vein right i mean here's the nice thing about lucy in the sky with diamonds it ends in like a third of the time the stairway to heaven yeah. takes, you know what i mean <laughs> so it's like you still get like five or six minutes of your life back even if you've heard it a ton so it's like that's the you know 
there isn't a for me there isn't like a Beatles song that just over inserts itself because they they come and go pretty quickly you know yeah, I mean outside right. of a couple of very specific instances like but I've never almost kissed a girl to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds at the same <laughs> great dance so. <laughs> Have you ever kissed a girl to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? I don't think so. Have you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not sure. Scotty, you ever kiss a girl to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? I really, I doubt it. <laughs> All right. All right. So that's who the Beatles are. Um, obviously, we nailed it like we always do. And I think, Scott, maybe you want to tell us about this week's peak? We're there? We're there. Wow. Right? We did. I'm looking at the outline right now, man. So what are we drinking? <laughs> with Beatles, Magical Mystery Word. Tommy's hilarious. Hey, 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 this thing is so like off the cuff, dude. Like it's just bros hanging out, talking music. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, man. Scott, what's the pick? The pick is Lady Madonna. Whoa. And this is one of those that didn't make it on an album. It was um, a single, the A side. Um, 1968 I believe it was and it was right before they went to India they banged out a couple tunes this and the B-side which was Inner Light a George George tune um, and this is a really like rollicking piano Paul song and it's coming off, off of them having done all this sort of like more psychedelic sort of stuff with Pepper and Magical uh, Magical Mystery Tour. Mm-hmm. I, I always want to say word. <laughs> <But it's> mag- <laughs> <laughs> when they did the Magical yeah. Mystery Word, that was cool, huh? Drink <laughs> up! Um, so it was, it, and it's a straight-ass sort of, you know, honky-tonky, ragtimey, bluesy piano line. Um, and it's got the horns blasting and Paul like puts on a voice. He does like a character voice thing that he does sometimes. And I don't really know how I feel about it, but he, he obviously does it well. He, he's good. Um, but it's cool that, um, this song has like tons of horns and there's not a lot of Beatles songs with tons of horns that aren't orchestra, orchestra E. It's more like uh soul music or, or a sort of, of, uh, horn section rather than a orchestrated sort of thing. Right. And I, I like that. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, all their songs are like two to three minutes, but there's so yeah. much in there. I don't know how it works. I'm like, there's verses, there's silly stuff. There's, you know, I thought this was a long song. Instrumental. Until like, we did this like yeah. setup, I was like, I was like, isn't this like a long tune? It's, it's like, like two it's minutes like... and fifteen seconds or something, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But John and George get in there. They're obviously doing some background vocals. They're doing some silly stuff. They also do this little guitar lick together through one amp. Becker. I don't know if that's any relation. You know, any brings you anything like got, a mic does. But I've got that in my notes. Oh, dude. <laughs> We'll get to that. Um, I did read that, you know, this song was inspired by reading like a magazine or seeing an article in a magazine that Paul read 
and that kind of brought him to uh, this song. I also heard that he was inspired by, or he was countering a Fats Domino song about a man raising, you know, working and having to, uh, you know, provide for his family. So Paul wrote this as a counterpoint on the woman's side. I don't know if that's true or not, but, and I love songs. I don't know if you guys do that go through the, (laughs) I do love songs that go through the days of the week. So, um, (laughs) most, what, what other songs do you like with days of the week? Sunday, Monday, happy days. Happy days. That's all I have. That's all I have. Days the, of the week. That's the only one. Yeah, there days you go. Days of the week. Oh, fr- Friday, uh, Friday, I'm in love. Right? I love oh, songs. Yeah yeah. With, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a great one. Um, So, you guys want to listen to it? I feel like I've lathered a bit there. Rumpa bump bump. Hey, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have rumpa bump bumped me. <laughs> Never. All right. Never. You can't rub up. I'm, I'm the producer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to play this song. See how they run. Lady Madonna, baby at your breast. Wonders how you manage to feed the red. I want to head something right off of the pass here. And if I can, like, take this over for one second and just get your buy-in or not buy-in for maybe the rest of this chatter. But I've got tagged a little bit as sort of being like anti-Paul a number of times. And as we approach the new year, I, I really want to clean slate on it. And and especially with this tune, like my opening move here is that for Lady Madonna, like I believe Paul, like not like yeah. in a character way or anything else. Like I believe Paul, like, what other band at this sort of point in time is talking about, like, um, especially like a male rock group is talking about, like, I feel for mothers or it's a tough run yes. for women. Like, I and probably a, a single mother, which is taboo, like, is, is kind of what it sounds like as well, right? Like, there's no mention of, of man at all in, in this tune at all. Yeah. So, like, I think the starting point for this song, where a lot of times I'm like, oh, it's just, is this real for Paul? Is this a character study? Like, I believe right now that like this is a, a real sentiment. And I, I agree with you, and I think, but I think it's one of those cases where um it could probably be both, like both a character study and authentic, like that, you know, has some truth where sometimes these like story songs Paul comes up with ring a little less true right and and this one just does i agree with you man it seems to hit the nail on the head because in his notes he chalks this up as being you know uh symbolic of every woman but then he also says like oh it's also like when i wrote your mother should know and that's another one i'm like well i don't i don't feel that way about your mother should know necessarily no (laughs) well it's funny you say that like in my head as you bring up your mother should know in my head this was always more of one of those dance hall songs or something. And then you listen to it and you're like, no, this is just a fucking rocker. Like, yeah, this is the way this thing. I think this is a rock song. Scotty's is a rock song. Oh yeah. I, I, I I don't know if I'm using this term appropriately. Uh, Would you guys call this a barn burner? (laughs) You think we got a barn burner on our hands right here? I'm not sure I really know the definition of that. I don't know either, but I could picture the fucking place (laughs) catching on fire with this song playing. Right? Exactly. (laughs) And I 
I think I also struggled with this one. Like, there's this weird thing of like, you know, you walk into a tune, you're like, yeah, I know this one, whatever. And then you're like, oh, wait, do I? Like, as you're spending the week dissecting it or whatever. And I think I always kind of struggled to place this one chronologically for the Beatles before these last couple weeks. Like, I could always pinpoint the album songs and I can usually pinpoint like the, the singles and when they come out. And I think Lady Madonna, like, it almost could come out any time from like rubber soul to the end, right? Like it's, (laughs) it's kind of like could maybe hit any era of the Beatles almost. And I'm always saying rubber soul because the recording of it is definitely more nuanced and like has all these pieces. Um, Yeah. It's a funny, like uh, I think they definitely decided this was a little bit, uh, Scotty kind of mentioned in the upfront. I think they decided that this was very much, a centering piece to be like, all right, we were sort of, we started to define like the psychedelic sound or the popular psychedelic sound. And, and, and maybe we're stepping away from that a little bit. And they stepped right. into this year to, to sort of make this like a, a lead off single. Like it's very, this is nearly anti like San Francisco, San Francisco in, in, yeah. in a way, you know, it's oddly paired up with inner light, which I don't, I don't know exactly what I I think about that Harrison tune. I I almost think that Inner Light is like um like a Sid Barrett vocal or something to me really. You know, like I think that there is still them like teasing the psychedelic thing to be like we haven't we're not leaving you behind, you know, but there's uh they've they've decided to go in another direction, you know, with this release. I was thinking about this this week. Do you think any part of this shift for Paul is a reaction to the failure of the magical mystery tour movie, you know, like them going on like the, the roly poly sixties thing and like it kind of failing and him being like, all right, what are we like, going to do? That's going to make us popular again. Comfortable. You know? or like, yeah. I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. So it's hard to, but maybe because they're all falling back to be like, this is, a comfortable place a little bit like it's still rock yeah. and roll but like i don't know like is there inspiration blues like is it a jazzy thing did you guys listen to what they call the inspiration for this team the bad penny blues did you, did you hear it you know what i i meant to and i i don't think i did we've been sitting on this one for Just a few the, weeks the, in- we, uh... the intro right yeah i've got a tease of it like yeah. I, let me hear I think it the... George Martin recorded this, right? He was the A&R guy. I think it has a little bit like in the upfront of it, but I don't think that it yeah. exists as being... I mean, I feel like it's a fine sort of like homage or like a, a jumping off point. I mean... There's a lot of songs that do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in the world of like jazz and blues, I think you get to get away with a ton of this stuff. But there is the interesting part that yeah, George Martin was involved with this song in the fifties. He was the A and R guy. Right. He wasn't recording music yet. Um, and actually, I forget who it's like Hamilton something. Uh, I feel bad not not carding it appropriately, but Alex- um, Alexander Hamilton <laughs> from the Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda verse. Is that what you're talking about right now? Exactly. If Hamilton becomes part of this podcast, I swear to (laughs) fucking God. I really am going to proclaim that now. Just wrote the next intro. I'm not 
<laughs> I'm not willing to hang around Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, but, okay, but did you know they... Here's the thing about it. Um, <laughs> they do it. With, they do it with hip hop, man. I don't know if you've heard. Have you <laughs> yeah, heard that? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Really cuts through it. Really, sort of, you know, like gets everyone on board. Yeah, I, you know, uh, musicals are not for me. That that's as far as yeah. Lin Manuel is amazing, though. I would He's happily welcome Lin yeah. Manuel oh on this this podcast. He did a oh great God. drunk history. I don't know yes. if you guys ever saw he that. Did a, yes, he did. And, and he calls uh, Quest Love on it. <laughs> He's like, he dials Quest Love and Quest Love picks up, which is kind of funny. And, you know, like, I, I will not be so brash to say that Drunk History isn't some uh, influence on, on wanting to do oh, this yeah. podcast, you know. So, uh, Lim Manuel Miranda, you want to get drunk and talk about the Beatles? Uh, go on ranking the Beatles. But uh, <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I'm I just kidding. Clinton we want you. Come, come on. Right. Um, can we talk about this uh, instrumentation stuff a little bit? Here? Oh yeah, yes. Because I was really, for my entire life up until this point, I just thought that this was, um, like the Beatles found some kazoo's. I really thought that they had found the kazoo and were like, we're going to make the kazoo work here. And that's not the magical mystery word. No, kazoo? <laughs> no, it's them doing like the, it's them doing like the mouth trumpets, right? Yeah, so it's like Ringo confirms that basically it was like them humming through their hands near the mic to make this like fake brass section, you know? Um, I never thought that. Did you guys know that this was all mouth stuff? Well, there's actual horns in there too. Well, yeah, no, no, uh, no. I okay. know that there are horns, but that <laughs> they're so realistic. The, enti- yeah. the entire thing is done by Michael Winslow from Police Academy. <laughs> you don't know that? This is his first gig, uh, Jonesy. <laughs> oh, class. but no, the sort of like. Wait, the... okay, hold on though. Best Police Academy movie. Oh, I'm going. I'm going. Citizens on Patrol. Is that, is that two? No, or that might be like four. Like four <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. I'm I'm a one or two. Man. I don't. Well, I don't they switched the main guy, right? There was Gutenberg, and the other guy. Right? I think Citizens on Patrol still has the goot. All right, I'm pretty the sure. Goot. <laughs> well, I once wrote a, a, an article for my high school newspaper. It was a point counterpoint. Uh, another student and I uh, took sides. I said the goot was the greatest actor of all time, and he said in Total falsehood that it was Polly Shore. Whoa! <laughs> um, you put the goot against the wheeze. Yeah, <laughs> it was a goot versus wheeze battle royale. <laughs> oh my god! The wheeze. The uh... holy moly! So I didn't quite believe this. Like hands blowing through. Like it, I was, I was surprised because this had almost been a vibe that they were doing. Like it almost, it's not as produced as as sort of. I don't know, strawberry fields or something like that, where like you feel like, all right, they're doing this piece where sort of like the Salvation Army band type vibe comes in or whatever. But I think it is pretty cool that they end up just kind of recreating that middle eight part or whatever on their own with yeah. their mouths. You know, like it's it's cool. And I didn't um it's it's a cut. It came out on um this recent, relatively recent uh white album deluxe release. Did you guys hear these ISO tracks? 
Yeah. It sounds oh like God. I it totally sounds like forgot a about them. Lead yeah. up to like a joke. <laughs> you guys hear these oh. iso tracks? Oh wait, but like Paul doing it was... on guitar and stuff with like tambourine? No, it's like it's it's the mouth section basically, and it, it makes it very clear of what they're doing before it was cleaned up. So I'm gonna like let's give it yeah, a play second. This. I think it's a I forgot a interesting about. bit. So should be eating some chips. I feel like George Martin shouldn't George be letting like, him <laughs> Lady McDonald's! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> For the promotional film, though, we can... For the promotional film, we just didn't have, we don't have those. They're like playing with a Mellotron there. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Well, I feel like that, like in that version, the way that it's tweaked up and, and isolated and played with a little bit, you're like, oh, all right. You can hear that these are like hand sounds or something. You know? Well, and I also love the sound of the Beatles having fun. I do, especially too. after everything we've seen recently in, in in film with ups and downs or whatever. But like, and it's interesting because like we're coming in on like an adversarial period, and we hear that the White Album is not like the most sort little of tougher, like yeah. friendlier time period of the Beatles. Yeah, I it, yeah, and you know exactly what you're saying. There, you're coming to what might be the beginning of the dissolution of the band, and right here they sound like. They're having a fun time. Paul's talking about the promotional video. They're all laughing. They're chomping on whatever they're chomping on. Like, um, and there's something in the quality of that that reminds me of those like Brian Wilson smile recordings too. Oh like, my god! Shut bits up. And pieces. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> I could talk more Lin Benwell if you want. I mean, that, that's fine. Um, uh, I was going to apologize Instra- this episode that I want to go to the moon with Jeff Bezos and. Uh... But now I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to offer an apology? No. <laughs> um, did anyone else do any headphone time with this track? I did. I did it uh, today. I think I did. I did as well. And it just for the first time came out at me today. Like the way this song starts with yeah. um, the piano on the right. At least that's how I was wearing my headphones. For me, it was piano yeah. on the right and the bass on the left. And you're and you're, really, a, like, you're a lefty, so you fear you yeah. hear. <laughs> so I think, yeah. Um, but the like the song the, up through the first verse, it's just Paul, right? Like really, there's a little bit of Ringo in the background, yeah. but musically, it's it's really Paul heavy. And the way that the um, the bass and the piano interact with each other in that first verse, especially because they they're panned out is really, really cool to me of like, they're kind of talking to each other a little bit. Like they play the same thing at times. And then like the bass come, comes over the top. Scotty, can you just cue up the beginning of the song for us a little bit? I'd like to just like focus in on that for a second. Yeah. Were you listening to the, the number one version? The one version? I was on past master. I was on whatever 2009 remaster. So I know I did past masters and I did the, the blue album version. Oh, you want me to play one of those? Yeah, if that's all right. I can do that. It's a little bit more tinkered with, I think, for for the 2015 number one or 20. I don't know. Oh, okay. But not, not in a dramatic way, but 
Um, I don't know if I got into that. Yeah, we're listening on our Zoom audio, so that it's like a little a little muddier here. But I I know like just hearing the the way that those things interact with each other, and Paul's playing both of them. You know, I, I think this is a new thing Paul has started right around this period, right? Like overdubbing the bass afterwards yeah, yeah. to find his... like the holes and the gaps that are going to work best for that instrument. It's very cool, and he's oh, yeah. part of the song, like prominently part of the song, like twice. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Yeah. And they didn't make that. I, it's actually when I first heard it, I thought I was listening on AirPods, and I, I, I kind of hate AirPods, so I, I, I hate admitting that. But I thought one of my AirPods were out at the beginning of it because it's yeah. a funny. It's kind of a funny pan, I think. Like I don't know that it's at the beginning of the song to start on a on a single channel, but then to bring in the the Ringo drums a little bit later, like. It ends up working when when I think it kicks in, but I think the separation when you think about it is a little bit funny. Um, but they didn't. It was released as a single, so there wasn't a stereo mix of it, and they didn't do a stereo mix until uh, the Hey Jude record came out. Because oh, really? Like I didn't realize on, that on a on a record, and 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 that was the way that you you were making stereo records by by sixty eight or sixty nine, whatever that. Came yeah. Out. So, um, I love. Anyways, I and there's some. There's some weird little like hisses at the beginning too, as as the thing clicks in. There's like a an off hi hat beat at one point. It sounds like there's almost like a there's just weird noises going yeah. on that you're like, oh, it's a live recording. Like, and, and I love like, this. Like, the, this again, having watched Get Back, but you're like, they probably didn't know this was gonna be the exact take, right? Yeah. Like, they had done however many of these, and it's like. A little bit of screwing around at the beginning that but the performance is good so they go with it you know that's the one and paul's like maybe someone check me on this i really want to be corrected but paul vocally is maybe like a little overdriven or something like i i feel like he's it's redlining a little bit or something maybe got the moments that he's he's pushing it a bit i don't know yeah i mean the there's there's a hotness to this song for sure like i think it's yeah i think it's that's just it might, might it might be purposeful it might be just the way it went but yeah like even that piano is just like running through so hard that it's like compressed sounding and or something not distorted but it's they use like an old mic on the piano yeah, like, or something I mean, too to it, like give it that tone yeah it was an upright i believe too not sure. oh yeah um I want I I think this is a podcast. We should start like naming all of the Paul McCartney voices and then start saying like, oh, we think this right? is Paul McCartney's voice A, B, C, or D, but have a more clever name for it because it's so undeniably Paul McCartney. Like you could hear this anywhere. He could be singing something completely different. You'd be like, Of course this is Paul McCartney singing. But, he has but so like it's voices. also like not like Paul McCartney in a way. Like and then there's like yesterday, you, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that's a different guy. It's so know? amazing that he has all of these these sounds. Like I, I, I right. really this do, is I don't the, know this is this him. is I got a feeling, Paul. Yeah, yeah. You know what so I mean? That's... Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like I want to start tagging these voices so we can be like, all right, this is a Paul. You know, uh, whatever. You know, maybe that's our maybe that's our thesis. 
maybe that's what really gets you the scholarly attention. Tommy, yeah. That you've <laughs> naming naming been, the Paul voices. Been We're saying Paul actually has like multiple personality disorder. <laughs> he didn't die. <laughs> but the different people voices and there's a better there's a better name for that now and i like the the dsm has a better name for multiple <laughs> personality disorder than what you know that's the old name but like that that's the thesis right and these are his different personalities coming <laughs> to the surface i, I could see i, this. I, could I see like this angle you could at yeah. least write sort of a thriller book about this maybe but i don't know <laughs> well, no that's about the michael jackson album <laughs> my thriller book yeah. <laughs> I I don't know why I, you keep sending me the draft. I'm I'm really not interested. <laughs> I'm never I'm never gonna. You read told it, me you're getting into publishing. You told me. Why um, don't I don't know why in the in this tune in my head there's the image of like nursery there, there's nursery rhyme imagery a little yeah, bit. Does anyone else get that like yeah. a little bit of old old mother Hubbard or something yeah. going on the, when, well, when you yeah, hear yeah. this? That's come up a bunch. There's a two or three times we've talked about that in our conversation. I I, I have that in my notes too. Um, All together now has some sort of harkening yeah. back to, um, to nursery rhymes. The days of the week thing sounds familiar to nursery rhymes, but the see how they yeah, run thing yeah, is literally a nursery rhyme. Like that's from yeah three oh, by mice. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I didn't like. I've heard that before. Just in case you were wondering, <laughs> you, heard three, you want me to get it on Spotify, yeah. Tommy? Yeah. <laughs> but spoiler no, like, for the audience: it's... Tommy has thirty children, so I think. Yeah. That... <laughs> no, it's like I I had the see how they run thing is like obviously it's a callback to I'm the Walrus at this point, right? Like, and I think but I, was like, I think it is Lennon's. I think Lennon introduced it to this tune. I think that's his yeah. vocal contribution, lyrical contribution. And then that's a great line, though. Yeah. But I was also like, what does it mean? <laughs> well, I mean, see how they run the children? Is that is that all it is? Like Or the stockings? And what it, like it just, the stockings is a nice it's I think that's a clever one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's mending her stockings. Uh the see how they run as a as a children thing. I think it's I mean, he's, he's tying his bootlace. Like yeah. He's tying his shoe, yeah. so he's gonna run around. I don't know. I mean Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I I was coming coming to it from again not not realizing it was the three by mice thing like, um, me as a an idiot there, um, being like okay they they have this and I am the walrus and then they're pulling it back here just like a few months later like what is the the deeper thing yeah. here I don't think it is I think you're right I think it's superficial it's like the pulling from the nursery rhyme and keeping it going. Yeah, I think that's the like when left to their own devices a couple times, like the writing wise, they fall upon sort of these devices. And I think we found that nursery rhymes are are, are sort of one of them. Um, the days of the week sounds like nursery rhyme. It's also, I think, a, a um, I forget actually who did it, but there's like Scotty said in the upfront that it's sort of maybe the counterpoint to them. Uh, is that Fats Waller or that's Fats Domino? That's Domino. That's- All right. Yeah, yeah. So I know he has like a Blue Monday song where he goes through the the days of the week. But it's funny that Paul hits all of the days of the week in this tune except for Saturday. 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 I like it because you don't pick a lyric from the song. <laughs> that was kind of me. I really wanted to pick Christmas. 
disappears, boys. Been a couple episodes. We since haven't we hit a magical mystery word in a while. Really? And it hits. Uh, it hits as hard as it ever did. I'll tell you that. A rumpa bum bum. What's what's happening on this day? That's not being spoken. Today. The the one between Friday and Sunday. The one between Friday and Sunday. Yeah. Well, Paul. Paul, Paul said she a had a really like, rough night. She was like tying one on, maybe, and uh, yeah, you know. Oh, like getting out and getting after it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, like maybe exactly. it had a couple down at the like, pub, and and what's the came came on for an episode of Blotto Beatles. What do you think Friday night arrives without a suitcase means? Like that that lyric has always confused me. It really has. Um, do you think like he he didn't song... show up? Like he was supposed to come back from a business trip, but he didn't come back on Friday night because. Oh. That's oh, shit. That's a. I have never had that thought because I have always thought it was yeah. her escaping. Oh. That she never packed a bag, oh. like almost in she, like she she's around. leaving home type thing. Oh, I have always thought that she was escaping. Hmm. And it's interesting that you're like, oh, is that the signal of someone arriving? Like, shit. I don't think there's any answer to it, but I think that that counterpoint is. Uh, and how do nuns changing. creep? Oh, oh. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that line is like one of line. my favorite Paul McCartney lines in the Beatles. I think is, it's great because like creeping like a nun in my mind is like, okay. So Sunday, like he, he's yeah. saying it, it's for like church. It's for God a little bit. Yeah. And like, you're supposed to be your best self. But if what happened to the night before, I almost said that word. <sighs> Is what Paul said, then it's like she's waking up with a headache and like the nun is like creep like the the feeling of Sunday is creeping right. over you of like I'm supposed to be better than I am right now a little bit or something. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I but I've always loved that imagery. Like for some reason that line, there's like things in my mind, not all Beatles things, there's like a couple of musical things that sit with me all of the time that come up like that I think about and creeping like a nun is, is one of them that I come back to. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know why. Like I, like you said, I, I can't exactly I think tell it's a you great why, lyric. except that it's just hanging over another weekend night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, um, it works well. Like it's a fantastic device that drives this tune. Like I, I also like that Paul has these devices and, and I, I'm happy to sort of go through the days of the week and, 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 and chat them through, you know, I, I, I just, I think this song works really well. Like I, yeah, I think I that know. Ringo it's going to be hard for me to, to, to rank because yeah, I don't oh, know yeah. if this is like the best Beatles song in the world at all. And John is, John is super fucking dismissive about it. They ask him, but, later on and uh but how do you i mean he's you can't even pay attention to that shit really at this point like right. you cannot he's listen to what every, he says about the beatles after that i mean he's in there he's doing these background vocals they sound great he does a yeah. a a company you know like a a dueling guitar thing with george where they're that they're, is so good that is so free yeah and they're, they're yeah. like pretty on point with each other like they didn't just luckily line up they like practiced this together and got their shit together yes so like he put effort in and I think when that guitar line comes in that in a way like kicks the song into the Yeah. High and then the right? horns like, start blasting so too. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I do love. Well, that's in my. I, I just want to say, I Ringo comes in with a pretty, pretty funky beat. Like the kick drums up loud in the mix. It's like, yeah. Like he's got some. Yeah. He's got a good little sh- something going on there. And there's not much snare going on at different parts of the tune either. No, right? he's like, a lot of hi hat in there, and yeah. Yeah, Scotty, th- this is uh, actually I wanted to ask this question. I'm I'm just remembering it. What did you learn about this tune by assembling the karaoke that you didn't already realize, like <laughs> as, as something that was cool or interesting, or like the way two things work together, or whatever? Like, is, is there anything we haven't already talked about in that regard? Well. You brought up you brought up the bass uh, going along with sort of the bass line of the piano, but also yeah. not. It's like counter. It's like together and then countering yeah. each other, and then yeah. the guitar even plays something slightly different, even though it's still in the same vein. Than those two it's instruments, it's like that. Yeah, which obviously the horn doubles and stuff. Yeah. And the bass is doing like the boom, doom, 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 but that's not the same notes. It's not exactly the same. And then the the bass and the piano is like doom, dan, doom, dan, doom, dan, doom, dan, doom, dan, doom, dan, doom. Yeah. So they're all like, oh my god, I want you to scat the whole song <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. and then multi so and then multi track it and then multi track it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Scotty C said in the up. Front and I have this in my notes because it really stuck out to me. And I, like, I don't know if this is a device that's come up before with the Beatles, but they they say that John and George played their sort of uh, distorted oh. guitars through the same amplifier. Like, is there a real reason for that? Like, is that a, a, a decision? Is that just like they had an amp on the floor and we're just both going to plug into it and we don't necessarily care do we see this anywhere else in in beatles songs like i, I, I think I no i think sure. the only thing it does is honestly unless you are right in sync right on point the only thing plugging into one amp is going to do is make your thing sound worse right <laughs> but because because it's two signals going to two different plugs that end up feeding into one channel right and or one speaker at the end of the day, not one channel. One speaker yeah, 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 yeah. is what it's coming out of. Um, but they're so in sync with each other that it worked. Like it sounds like one guitar. Yeah, it sounds like it a sounds fat, like one beat, yeah. one beefy friggin' guitar. Yeah. Like it's very, very cool. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I I would say a practical reason might be not wanting to set up another microphone with another amp, or maybe only one amp was. <laughs> Work. The other one, the tube was fucked up or something, and they're like, "Oh fuck, I'll just plug into George's amp or something." <laughs> like those are some practical reasons, but maybe yeah. being that they were decidingly going to play together the same thing, really, that they just said, "Let's make it sound like we're one instrument coming out of this right. one speaker." Like maybe that is a thing that happened. I don't know. Well, and and having yeah. heard, I. I think it's on anthology, right? You you hear, or maybe it's on that white album thing. You hear um, take two of this, which is just piano drum. Oh right? yeah, that's that's on the that's white the album. basis. Uh, the, the whole yeah, that's on the, the left side things. or the right side for you, Tommy. It, it's the the, <laughs> but that's the um the basics of the the track, right? Yeah. Like it sounds like it just started with Paul and Ringo, and so in my mind, it's a little more of like the experimentation thing of the Beatles of. Let's 
both plug into this one amp and just see what it sounds yeah. like. And if it's cool, cool. Like let's let's roll with it. I can't tell who's yeah, you and who's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I there is a We're point where they did this though. I I'm looking at I'm looking back at our episodes because there is a song where they both plug into the same amp. Or oh, maybe they don't plug oh, into really? the same amp. That's... They don't they might not plug into the same amp, but they play two amps to one speaker. What's that? To one microphone? To one microphone. What song was that? And that's why I, was, I wasn't. I, that's why I was trying. To, I'm like, what is this sort of analogous of this happening before? Because it seemed to be something of merit, but I, but I honestly couldn't quite tell. I'm not going to remember which one it is right now, though. It does. It just. I, I think it's a cool studio decision. It's one of these like in the moment Beatles yeah. things. It sounds like, awesome. It sounds powerful. Let's see what happens. And yeah. I'd love to think about. John and George like vibing like that together. I think that's cool. It feels, it just feels powerful. Like, I don't know, like two guitars into one source feels fucking cool, but it's not a technique that anyone does now. <laughs> like, that, yeah. it, it does not happen, you know? Like, uh, so I, I wasn't sure. I wanted to throw that out and see if there's anything else. But- no, anytime I've ever either been at a show or participated in playing music where you're plugging two guitars yeah. into one amp. I don't know. It's because something went wrong with the other. Yeah, that's why I said. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, um, have we said it in like saxophones? Saxophones. Oh, I don't. That is not. Do we have many Beatles songs left that that have saxophones? See, that's the thing. They have a lot of horns, but they don't have a lot of saxophones. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's I'm very specifically calling out the saxophone. So. Uh, we don't have we we just had as a guest on the last episode. He hung out with us to talk about uh, get back a little bit. Um, but oh, our music supervisor, uh, Ryan RB. Brooks, I think he would tell you that his primary instrument is uh, a baritone yeah. saxophone. I don't <laughs> think there's a ton of Beatles saxophone songs, so I think no. this is memorable right. in that they gathered. Like they put the call out and I think it's all saxophone players, right? Like Paul McCartney is like, we're getting horns in tonight and he gets two tenor and two baritone sax. Is that, I think that's what this group is. I, it has nothing written out, right? A podcast that would be more prepared would know exactly uh, the names of everyone who participated in this session. But yeah, but he also like, much like Paul McCartney on the night the saxes showed up, uh, we are unprepared for the arrival of this conversation. <laughs> Good segue. You oh, like that? They had yeah. um, two baritones, a tenor, yeah. and then it says saxophone solo. I don't know, but maybe it was a tenor. <laughs> I do remember when I was talking to R.I.B. about this um, karaoke song. He made it sound like he, he had a baritone. And maybe he doesn't have yeah. a tenor, but he has an alto. I'm not sure, and he's gonna have to try and make it work. So, I mean, I think I think it'll work for our purpose. Like yeah, pretty sure. Like, do you hear <laughs> me play the drums? Be- dude? <laughs> if anyone writes in complaining that we dude, don't the have the right saxophones, <laughs> like, please unsubscribe because we're not gonna be the podcast you want to <laughs> yeah. listen to. I'm gonna. If we disappoint you now, we're yeah. certainly gonna disappoint you in the yeah. future. I, I can't believe RB didn't have the right saxophones that we didn't know the names of when talking about this song. <laughs> I'm, I'm what so, an unprepared jerk! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a fucking kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 
I mean, I I'm with you. I'm I'm uh, on the back of that. Y- yes, in contemporary music, I feel like in our lifetime, the sax got like a really weird treatment, right? Like we are of a certain yeah. age, like 80s and 90s music is probably what we're in, and it was always like now cue saxophone like it never was sort of right once you realize the sax was playing it was sort of it just got like a very clean uh solo part of front yeah yeah and that was like and production wise like i think that was unappealing to me like it it it, it absolutely was yeah. you know and that's like, it's like all solo clarence clemens part of a tune yeah in the live springsteen stuff where you realize like he's in the mix with the rest of the band and stuff like i I do love that. And then there's so many other moments where you're like, oh, horns and all this stuff, like bring out so much great in, in rock and roll. Um, and so the the alternate version of this, which I think is on Anthology 2, has way more of the, the saxophone part in it. I don't know. If, okay. uh, and it has, it has like a sax uh, outro, like a nearly Baker Street-esque uh, outro. <laughs> oh, really? I, I might be uh, not giving it a, sh- a short trip of it, but it basically lets the, it, it, a sax tro, I don't know, RB would correct us is, is, is what it would be called, <laughs> but uh, they let the saxes play it out. And, and I know it's hard to end a song. I, I've hung out with enough, uh, enough bands that everyone's like, I don't know how to end songs or whatever, but if you are ending it on a sax outro... You're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but <he> just... <laughs> I'm going out. Unless it's jungle land. That's probably <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. Right there. yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I'm taking it all back for jungle land. But if you're not writing jungle land, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a little something that's uh, more of a, unless you guys want to sax it up a little bit more. Um, <laughs> no, I'm saxed out. Um, good. I'm over saxed. Need to call the sax man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) RB needs to do a record called Sax Man. (laughs) (laughs) It's all Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) He plays all parts on. Uh, On all available sax. But he just hits the sax for the drum parts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ding. I do think there's something to be said about this being some weird like um, Mendoza line or something for the Beatles of like coming out of psychedelia, right? And, and being like, we're going to do this, this rollicking rock number right before they go into like the transcendental meditation and like fireside acoustic guitars of the White Album. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and, and th- this stands as some like anachronism in that period a little bit, right? Like, because even on the White Album, like we don't get songs that sound this full. Like, like I mean, why don't we do it in the road? Maybe is like <laughs> semi close to this, and yeah. like trying to be like bluesy, rocky, whatever. But that's a more bare bones. Yeah, that's actually more bluesy, bluesy like, uh, like assembly. Straight yeah, up bluesy. Yeah, right. There, there's nothing like this on the White Album, and it's like. The Beatles are almost trying to say, like, oh, this is the direction we're going, and then it's not. Yeah, good but point. But it's interesting, yeah. like, right. they, like a, a full-on uh, contribution, and like you were saying, all the Beatles are here and happy. And I, again, we could go through every White Album track and, and find some of these moments, probably. But 
everyone's excited to go to India. They've decided that they're going to book some yeah. time because they owe some singles. And so they're going to get in the studio and record up this stuff. And like, did things change so quickly from this session to going to India to recording the white album? Like, I Apparently, guess, it, I, yeah. guess it, <laughs> I guess it did, you know, well, well it's a little bit of well, like what, what Paul songs are firesidey from the white album, other than your favorite Becker. Mother, Mother Nature's Son. Okay, a yeah, little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, right. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, I will a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, though, like I'm just thinking, like Firesidey. I'm thinking like something someone can play with an acoustic yeah. guitar. You and, know, and okay. that's that's no, all. No, the, no, I hear you. That's what, Blackbird. True. That else. That is on the White Album. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Scholar. <laughs> Scholarly Tommy. <laughs> that's why I asked. Yeah. I'm just thinking. No, I'm thinking like in the, um, he came back from India and wrote Martha, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is yeah, that weird right, or is yeah, that something yeah. that came after, way after? Or something? I don't know. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Or or the whole honey pie or the um, yeah. birthday or, or USSR. Yeah, USSR. Are those like, like really like you know. India songs? No, I I don't think yeah. they are. Well, actually, back in the USSR definitely is because Mike Love had some level of contribution Ooh. in that. Um, because he's there, and it's like Paul being like, oh, I'm going to write a Beach Boys song. It's You definitely hear him. That's on the, I always forget how to say this word, Isher, the Isher demos. We'll have um, to check with our... Uh... He's playing back in the USSR there. Oh, cool. Um, at George's house, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There, it, It's something weird for me. And it, like that also feeds into maybe the I last will thing is I probably... Uh... Yeah. yeah. acoustic can play that well, you know. Um, it's this feeds into like maybe the last thing I want to say, which is it, it, and it, it it comes from this like weird time period between the the psychedelic and the, the white album stuff, and that's they record the song and then they go to record the promotional video for the song, which is supposed to be like them oh, playing yes. along with Lady I Madonna, right? Yes. But what they do instead <laughs> oh, is they yeah. walk into the studio to record to. Do a like a fake music video for Lady Madonna, and instead John goes, "But I have a new song. Let's record this song I have called Hey Bulldog, and they can just yeah. film us and piece it together later." So you get this Lady Madonna <laughs> promotional video with John Lennon on, yeah, you know, the whole. They're time. cutting to him like really singing, like he's like uh like they just wait for him to go like, like this. Hey, yeah, Bell- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I let thought the record show Scotty made say. the O face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I but I think that what that's Scotty like, was about to say it's like timeline wise. I thought you were about to be like, and then they also record Hey Bulldog because it's like same time frame stuff. But yeah, I totally forgot about the the promo video where it's like, yeah, nothing and to do with this. I thing. think too, like there's something to be said for a little bit of a kinship between the way Lady Madonna sounds and the way Hey Bulldog yeah. sounds. Like the guitar riff, totally piece of it. Yeah. I love Hey Bulldog. You guys know I yeah. love Hey Bulldog so as a I. tune. Like, yeah. It's one of my favorite Beatles yeah, songs. That's it. I think it's um, a, a big pod favorite. I'm not it's kidding. a banger, but it like there's there's a kinship. It, it's almost like we were talking about recently with uh, I don't know how recently it is. Day Tripper and Paperback Writer, even though one's a John tune and one's a Paul tune, there's a kinship between these songs. Yeah. Um, Sergeant Pepper, uh, not Sergeant Pepper. Um, Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane. There, there's something to be said for those being like brother songs a little bit. Like I. I yeah. love when these pairings come up like this. Yeah, it would have been cool if Hey Bulldog and Lady Madonna were a, a seven inch. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I think is so I, weird that it's paired with inner light. Like I yeah, really find yeah. that, and we'll 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 dive into that on inner light. But I think that's interesting, you know. But and Paul doesn't play. There's piano on Hey Bulldog. Yeah, but I don't think yes. I don't think Paul. Plays but John it. plays it. I think John plays it. John's right? playing the piano. Yeah, George is playing the SG or something, isn't he? He's playing like a yeah a real think, yeah, rocker yeah, yeah. guitar. It's a real cool video, and it's a really cool video because I love Sideburn yeah, John. Yeah, Sideburn John, they're pretty, yeah. And, and, and Ringo's in like those a little chop. drum closet. Like, they put him in this like, yeah. ISO booth. Oh, at least they let him play drums on this video. Usually he's riding like an exercise bike or hitting a punching bag or like just sitting looking like an artistic statue in a garden. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, pre, you know, if we go back to sort of our exposure of the Beatles and 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 forget get back forget anthology forget even anything before that this sort of stuff was super early teasers of like behind the scenes seeming footage of the Beatles that were relatively unaware of like to see them in the studio and get these cuts was not the way the Beatles had been presented right you got uh, everything before like mostly performance videos and and that kind of stuff or they were miming things it was very um Produced, and I think that's what this video is supposed to be, but very specific or or, or purposeful stuff. And so, when I think I first saw this was, you know, not as a kid. I saw it later. I saw it in 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 probably my late teens or or twenties or something. But I was like, oh, this is like a cool look into the Beatles. And then we just got fucking get back like twenty something years later in my life. We get to sit and wallow in this footage of uh, this kind of tease, you know. So I've been looking for it my whole life. Yeah, I remember seeing some of this footage from what ends up being the Lady Madonna video in Anthology for yeah. the first time. Yeah. And yeah. right around as they're talking about White Album and all that stuff, I'm like, oh my God, give me more of this because it almost presents it in my memory like this is White Album footage. And I'm like, why am I not seeing four hours of this? And you're like, oh, because it was really just six hours of cameras <laughs> yeah. being in the studio as they're recording a tune or whatever. But they look like um, they're having a blast on the Hey Bulldog session. Oh, my God, yeah. Like when they're pairing mm-hmm. on the mic and stuff. Like, yeah. And they have like yeah. the, you know, the Piper at the Gates of Dawn looking sort of like array, yeah, 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 yeah. array of Pauls yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there was like two, ga- two, gamma- <laughs> two film gimmicks back then that you yeah. got to use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, the double layered thing, right? They do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like two Pauls. Yeah. <laughs> Little Paul, big Paul. <laughs> yeah. Um, nurse, more nursery rhymes. I'm a, I'm a little yeah. Paul guy. <laughs> <laughs> little Paul's my favorite Paul. But I also love like that, like weird fashion. Like it, it's not like a get back level of fashion, but this idea of like they're coming out of psychedelia and they're just like showing Sweater up vests. in like collared shirts yeah. and sweaters. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, still, yeah. They're like figuring it out. Like, what do we do now? Like, we're not just wearing like. Pink suits and gold buttons. <laughs> what do I wear? Your, your mother should know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what it looks like. We, Anyone else have anything on this tune? I mean, we should rank this tune, but to me, there's something in here, and, and I don't know if it's influenced my ranking yet or not, but Paul plays this song essentially through his entire career. He plays it with wings. Yeah. He plays it solo. He plays it mid 2010s. Like, I don't I, like it, this. It stays in his repertoire. And I don't know if it's 
I don't know if it's because it stays in his voice that this is a Paul voice that is easy to carry through all of these iterations into becoming sort of older. Or if this is something that he really has a big fondness for, because uh, his later talking about this track and, and I haven't got the lyrics book yet. So maybe there's something more interesting here than I know. It's not this huge of affection for the tune. It's a little bit more factual the way he speaks about it. But, um, you know, again, I, it, it's it's waiting under the Christmas tree. So maybe uh, maybe I'm going to chime in on uh, December uh, 20, 25th in the <laughs> afternoon. But uh, I, I find that to be something. I I don't know what it means. I but... do, too. It's like it's not it. it's strangely one of these tunes that is not one of the most popular Beatles tunes. But yeah. was still a number one. Oh yeah, yeah, good point. And like, what does that what does that mean? You know, like when you're just cranking out number ones. But it was also their first number one in the U.S. in a minute, I think. For but then they had a few it, after for that, things right? they had released. Yeah, but it 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 had been a little a yeah. little bit since they'd had a hit like that. Well, I would love to take a piss. Yeah, and then rank this up. All right. Real, yeah, we're going to rank it, but I just want to say, you think he played it live? I mean, this doesn't have to be on the podcast. You think he played it live a lot for any other reason other than he thought it was a clever piano part that he could play easily? Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, I wonder if this is just the moment in the set where they're like, all right, Paul's going to sit at the piano and play a couple tunes. Like, I, and, and it's a and good tune. Feels, like, it's upbeat and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Like, yeah. I, maybe this is just a full transitionary tune where, like, Paul gets to bring the piano out and 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 sit down and, and pound this out and it feels good and it's it's recognizable. But I think in the Wings Over America album where he first plays it, the recording wise we have track of is he's only playing three or four Beatles songs. Yeah, and yeah. so from from a selection of this many, wow. it's it's interesting that he he pulls this one. Yeah. What are the other ones? I don't know, man. Gotta be Hey Jude, right? <laughs> I'm curious. I, I I don't. I really don't know enough about their solo careers. That I, I, I don't know enough about Wings for sure. Like that is a real blind spot. For me. They keep the plane afloat. <laughs> <laughs> That's technical shit. Um. <laughs> so on Wings Across America, where the the live record. Um, from the Wings World tour, he plays Wings World, Mama, but <laughs> he plays. Uh, we long... gotta find a way to get that in. <laughs> That's perfect. They play Long and Winding Road. They play oh, Blackbird. Really? They play I've Just Seen a Face and Yesterday. And I not Hey Jude. And I think those are the songs. wow. So. I have always thought it's always stuck in my mind that Lady Madonna has been part of this. And even that like live at Amoeba Records thing that he did in, in like 2010 or something like that has a version of Lady Madonna. Wow. So yeah. like, what is this affection? Is it comfort or is it like passion? Yeah. I, and I don't know. That is a good point. Hmm. We're going to take a piss. Well, Paul, when, <laughs> when, you, when you come on the podcast, you can answer these questions. I have one okay. thing to We've say before some... you piss. And it's not a podcast. You just did that on to me already. <laughs> but that song, we did it already. Is it I'll Follow the Sun? You ever heard him do that live? He just keeps doing the ending 
over yeah, and yeah. over oh, and over. Oh, oh yeah, it's awful. It's awful. I so hate that. shit, dude. Right? Oh, the fake like off. he yeah. does that. At a, he does it like eleven too, times or something like <laughs> ridiculous. Like once, twice, three times if you're a star. He does it like seven, eight, nine times. It's like. And that's ex- that sentiment is exactly why I don't want to go see Paul McCartney. Is I feel like it's a ton of like sixty five year old people like <laughs> hanging on that moment to be like he's doing it again. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry to do that twice. Hey, you'd never believe what Paul did. <laughs> this guy's real voice. It's good, man. He's so good. It's incredible. He's, like he's got lots. Of yeah, voice. I mean, he does. the. The get back thing was just huge because he can he can just conjure up the second voice to John or whatever you know, and it's like it wasn't amazing in get back because it was kind of raw and on the point you know or mm-hmm. in the moment or whatever, but you can see how easily he can get to a spot, yeah, you know like where where it's countering in such a beautiful way and like in really adding you know, something more interesting. I don't know. I mean, that's nearly a thesis angle that you have right now of like, is Paul's voice always just the counterpoint to John? Like, is he always just finding his place next to John? Mm. You know, like shit. Yeah. This is where I'm like, not in a way of like serving John, but of like almost like just supporting and complimenting him, like figuring out how to just compliment. I think that that's, you know, comes back to something I w- have talked about a couple times. It like sounds like I'm dissing Paul, but I'm not. It's like he's the best complimentary musician, maybe that's ever existed. Like that, John writes a song and Paul f- finds a way. Dig a Pony is a shitty song. <laughs> you always hate, but Paul's bassline and vocal make it cool. You know what I mean? Like they, they, the way he like rises up and like accompanies John yeah. and like he does that high thing. It's like makes it a fucking awesome song. And like I think he's the best accompanying person that's ever existed. Like I, I don't love his dance hall shit. Like, but yeah. if Paul came out with Lady Madonna's and Oh Darlings all the time, I'd be like, let's go. You're the man. But this other side, I'm like, I don't know. Always. Yeah, he's know. the ultimate like elevator. Yes. The Beatles would suck without Paul McCartney. Oh, definitely. <laughs> they, 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 definitely. Oh, hot but, takes. Hot takes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's because, you know, you're not talking about his, you know, well, when you talk about him accompanying, you're saying it's not necessarily his song, yeah. but what he brings to right. George or, or John's songs. Yeah. Or the Ringo song or two. Um, but... He's also playing the instruments that aren't like lead. You know, he's playing the bass. Yeah. He's a background vocalist. He's maybe playing the piano, but he's not playing the piano like some sort of soloist or some sort of flashy piano player. He's playing it as a songwriting, you know, or a company, right. also accompanying instrument. So he's like, yeah. Who else could you have on your side that is going to elevate those unsexy instruments yep. to yeah. this point that's going to make your whole track and your whole emotion of the song just 
fucking fly through the roof because he's taking those little things that everyone just says, oh, the bass player just plays root notes. Oh, the piano player is just playing chords. The background singer is just hitting the thirds and the fifths or whatever. But he's putting so much more into all that shit, and it's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think Danko did it well in his own way. I know. Yeah, you're right about Um, that. But Danko could sing. I mean, Danko's like all over the place on the bass. Yeah, but I mean, it's like an alien. No, but there's some cool shit he's doing on there. He's playing it like a guitar player sometimes, but he's also yeah. feeding off Levon and feeding off the song, and his oh. and his harmonies are just him being himself and supporting the other singers. That's a gift, like that shit, man. Right? Fuck. I think Storat does that pretty well. It's not to the level that we're talking about, but John Storat from we're meeting Wilco, up with Tweety, like the yeah. way he his yeah. I think his bass lines are. They're yeah. not like these magical things like Paul McCartney bass lines, but like they poke out and you're like, that, yeah, that that's is a... the, the thing that ties the song together. And he's always, he, he only does one harmony, but it is the Wilco <laughs> harmony and it's, it makes the it band, works, man. You know? yeah. Like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of time where I'm just listening to him like, and I suddenly pick up his part, uh, yeah. bass wise. I'm like, oh, like this is. Handshake nice. drugs is all John Strzok. Oh, yeah. like, that's us. When I was saying that, like that, yeah, yeah, that's that's actually what I was thinking about making that comment. All right, guys. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Fine, fine, fine. Enough, 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 enough. I think it's time to rank this one. What do you guys think? We got to do it. I mean, we're here. We got to put it on our list. We do have a list of. Beatles songs from best to worst or worst to best, depending on how you dress. And as we are reviewing these tunes, um, we throw each one into this list. Um, this is episode, what are we, 38 yeah. right now? Is that where we are? Yeah. yeah. For Big realsies? Time. Big time. Um, we haven't done this in, in a while, and I'm just going to give a quick rundown of some highlights here. I hope that's okay with you guys. It's been It's been a little bit... Um, we're going to start at the top, and that currently, the, the best Beatles song is Happiness is a Warm Gun on our list. I'm going to go number 10. That's Paperback Writer. That's a single. Um, number 20, Things We Said Today from A Hard Day's Night. Yep. Number 30, we got Don't Bother Me, that George Harrison song. And then last, and currently least, I Call Your Name from Long Tall Sally, the John Lennon tune. Where is that one um, about the juice the bees make? The taste of honey. Oh. A taste You're talking of about number honey. 35? Much sweeter than white. You know what was a stu- stunning, stunning revelation over the last <laughs> stunning revelation over the last month? Billy Preston's favorite live Beatles song, A Taste of really? Honey. Really? You guys remember seeing it? Yeah, that he said oh, that again right. movie. Yeah. That, yeah. That he loved I actually forgot to talk taste. about that. I can't believe yeah. we haven't brought Holy that up. Holy shit. <laughs> Amazing. Now, yeah. Amazing. I it. wish that he had just gone into a taste of honey. Like, yeah. it's, like you can't say it any other way. Like that's the only way to say those words. Yeah. So, so give me like something um around yeah, mystery want, tour or Paul stuff around gonna, mystery well, tour. Here's, yeah. here's the Yeah. I'm right there with you guys right now. I'm gonna throw out an opening bid. You see this list in front of you right now? Okay, it. yeah, yeah. You Sixteen. See, see what I've highlighted here? Yeah. Fool on the hill. 
That's another Paul McCartney song. That, that This is coming out just a few months before the recording of the song. I personally am going to argue that um, Lady Madonna is a better song than Fool on the Hill. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't think this would be hard. This is hard for you? Yeah, yeah I, I did not think you were going to say, I, ah, shit. My gut impulse is that. This is like 15 Paul songs in a row. Jesus. <laughs> My gut is that this is... My God, is that it's not better than Fool on the Hill, but I I want a tiebreaker on it, Scotty. All right, so uh, yeah, Scott, what do you think, Fool on the Hill or you want like a you want like a sad recorder or you want a rocking piano? Is my question, <laughs> Scott. Oh man, they're just so different. Um, I know. I've I've always I have a little bit of a personal love for Fool on the Hill. My brother really loves this song. Yeah, and um. Yep. I'm struggling with that. Oh, I am too. God, and then I'm finding it hard. Um, man, I like because all if we're gonna songs. jump ahead a little bit, like you're not gonna put this just Paul tune wise. You're not putting this in the timeline. Sort of, you don't think this is better than fixing a hole, Tommy? Ooh, shit! Tommy, pause. <sighs> Judas. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, how high I think we it's go? Kind of crazy. Tommy. I I think our yeah. list. Why don't you? I think our list. Is, I think our list is fucked because for no one's a better song than fixing a hole. Yeah, but they're side by side, and that, yeah, there's I mean, gonna be fucking close. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. What about paperback writer? I mean, yeah, yeah let's go. High. No, it's not. It's not better than. All right, so we're right, dropping. So it's not gonna fit right, in. That yeah, that position. that would be my uh, my 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 ceiling right there. Okay, let me just move down a little bit. Let, let, let's recalibrate here. Is this a better song than Good Day Sunshine? Yeah. yeah I'd say I it think is. it is. I think it is. And okay. I really like Good Day Sunshine. That episode yeah. and the focus we put on Good Day Sunshine really turned me around on that team, but I, I think it's better than that because it's a it's the matured it, Paul. Like, I, th- sure. yeah. I also think it's better than I've Just Seen a Face. Yes. I think it's better than I've Just Seen a Face as well. So now, now we're back to Fool in the Hill. <laughs> we, we just got some decisions to make. Nowhere Man is right above Fool on the Hill. That's a John Lennon song, obviously, from Rubber Soul. And I always kind of struggle with Nowhere Man because it's one of these, like, intellectually, I think it's a a great song. And it's one of these, like, turning points for John. He's talking about himself. I honestly think I'd rather listen to Lady Madonna (laughs) than, than Nowhere Man. Like, I would rather put on the song Lady Madonna and hear it. Well... They're yeah, they're different vibes for sure. I mean, I they I love are. how Nowhere Man starts off with the vocals, all just vocals, right? Um, yeah, that's yeah. something that's really really powerful, and it it has a message that I feel I connect with a little more. But yeah, I I um, agree with that too. Lyrically, I think Nowhere Man is more interesting and and. Right. Involved and Lady that, No, that that makes sense. I didn't know you guys hated mothers. So no, no, um, no. I can. I'm well, not a mother. Come back. I mean, fool. if anything, yeah. your mother should know. You know. Yeah, I, I just I, maybe I'm just more in tune with mothers than you are, and um, <laughs> I struggle. Do you know like, anything about uh, welfare mothers? Because they uh, <laughs> they make better lovers. So that's what Neil, Neil Young has told me. I'm aware. All right, so we are back yeah. to full on the hill. And I, I think if I'm hearing you guys correctly, you are both saying "Fool on the Hill" above Lady Madonna. 
I think so. I would like to slip it I... in right between Fool No Hill and I've just seen a face. I yeah, I, I'm I'm just putting on the record that personally I disagree, but we're we're a majority podcast. And what's your and, what's your major um, disagreement? That I think Lady Madonna's a better. Yeah, but what, like like with like a little more <laughs> like if you sell it to me, like Fool on the Hill. It's, Okay, I mean, not about the recorder. Yeah. Like, Re- remove the recorder. We, we, from- no, it, it really. It, I can't remove the recorder. Recorders are horns. Like sad recorder, fun horns. Yeah, but <laughs> you tell me which is better. Like that's So we're gonna go with that. I, I think, think I'm just that- going back pocket. Like I'm still in this cusp period. I'm still going yeah. psychedelic Beatles and that sort of day after day. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I believe in that. Like I lyrically like i like i said i am i am full on backing lady madonna and i and and i believe the sentiment is real like i don't think it's any paul bullshit and maybe there's a little bit more paul bullshit in fool on the hill where you're like all right well what does this exactly mean but it's a better song on its own like if you're not sort of like dissecting like the different threads of it as we're doing fool on the hill and i know but i've been a little glib about like what the what I think uh, is better or worse. I love a Beatles guitar riff. Yeah, but full, and I think Fool on the Hill has harmonica. You want to know what happened to his harmonica? Harmonica. <laughs> I don't want to know. That was another podcast that's released <laughs> on the Blood Network. That, yeah. that had nothing to do with me. That had nothing to do with me. <laughs> I love a Beatles. I do love a Beatles. Like, I think there's, I don't love guitar riffs yeah. generally by bands. Sure. I love a Beatles guitar riff. I ru- I love Day Tripper. I love Paperback Writer. Yeah. I love when Lady Madonna that gu- those guitars, Becker two guitars one amp, <laughs> kick in yeah. and make this song drive forward. I love Hey Bulldog with that riff. Like sure. this, like late mid part of the Beatles, I think is so cool and underappreciated. Um. And, you know, and I think there's something to be said about what Paul is saying here, like mixing this idea of we we all kind of tied into the nursery rhyme thing of it while also saying he's actually talking about something real, like a a struggle that is prevalent. And uh, and I think that's a hard line to walk to of mixing matching fact and fiction that. Paul doesn't do well always and does really well here. And I, I actually think Fool on the Hill, he does it better here than he does Fool on the Hill. And that's... That, that so I'm really like... Contra- for all of... So you're right. I, I actually agree with everything you just said, but it's also buried in then going back to sort of this traditional music, right? We're saying, oh, this is kind of this bluesy, jazzy, uh, you know, barroom piano thing. And that part, to me, musically becomes a little less appealing than being uh, more experimental or more sort of um, like a, whatever yeah. you would call Fool on the Hill. Like you know, I you almost... don't think Fool on the Hill is backtracking even more to like his father's generation. Oh, not on Fool on the for no. Fool on the Hill. No, 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 yeah, no, no. I don't think so. That is like, yeah. I don't think it. Has I don't think. That, I like, don't think. I don't think it's when your we want to. No, no. When we want to tag something musical. I don't. I still put this as like. Yeah. No, Fool on the Hill is like I'm playing the piano. This is like stoned a out of my fucking mind. Weed song. Yeah, and yeah, then I'm yeah, just yeah. like finding these notes because I'm Paul McCartney and I 
can ascend to things that you could never even imagine. And I'm going to blow your mind. You, Tommy, Scotty, and I can imagine them. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> you said it. You said it. I didn't just, like, say No, I didn't say that. <laughs> that's, that's what you said. I know. Well, you texted me, you texted listen, me about that. <laughs> I think... I think we've got and listen. I you know we're talking about a song or two placement, and yeah, at the yeah. end of the we day, can we're have two hundred songs on this for thing. years. We could argue this all day long. So we we clearly have a consensus that's wrong, and <laughs> it's that Lady Madonna is we're the only new number uh, 17. we're only a couple of months away from Blado Vitos. So uh, put this in your back pocket uh, and smoke oh boy. it. Oh, oh Paul. boy, um, Paul McCartney has. He's got. We got a Paul Wall. Yeah, the Paul Wall is serious here. On this list, we got a Paul Wall. It's this Paul Wall is only broken out of from eight songs. From from number eight, she's leaving home to number twenty three, Martha, my dear. We have a Paul Wall only broken up by two John Lennon songs with Day Tripper and Nowhere Man sitting in between there. Like that's a oh damn. my goodness, that. Who's, serious who, who's picking these songs like it seems like a problem of the picker i don't know but the thing the is like the the top <laughs> and the bottom are john's and george's like they yeah. they hit it the hardest yeah. and they miss the hardest but paul is consistently <laughs> i was about to say this is maybe the most accurate picture of the Beatles. yeah <laughs> yeah right but but paul's consistent like he's just great all the time i mean i mean we all love the beatles so much that Number 23, number 27, number 30-something on our list right now are all songs we fucking love. So, I mean, like, come on now. I mean, shit. It's funny. I didn't know I was going to come out that strong on my ranking. Like, I walked in being like, I have no idea where I'm going to put this song. I hadn't looked at the list. I hadn't, you yeah. know, it's, it's funny how this works. Conversation takes us in weird ways, but I but think... But you, 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 you didn't feel like it was higher than Nowhere Man. It was just that one's position that you were worried about. Oh, higher than I've got a feeling. Maybe for no one. Jeez. Not for no. Not for no one was my ceiling. I don't think it's better. So you're two or three away from where it is now. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it. I think it's a better song than I got a feeling. I think what was the veto last year? Was it, I moved full on the hill down? Didn't I? I think you did. But not far enough for you, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness friends that was another episode of blotto beatles i think we ranked a song just now um incorrectly but it's there uh did we hit the magical mystery word today we did that magical mystery word was saturday in the park whoa so um chicago? i am tom you like that, that? chicago yeah, yeah. Chicago. i go i go to chicago i like a hoagie <laughs> here and there <laughs> I think that's Philadelphia. I'm Tommy. That was Becker. We are your co-hosts. This podcast was produced, composed, edited, magically assembled by your executive producer and mine, Scotty C. Um, we believe on this week's karaoke track, we're going to have some additional musical supervision from uh, your friend and ours, RB. That's B stands for Beatles. You can check him out on all the socials at BlottoBeatles.com. Nope. You can check him out on all the socials at Ryan O'Brooks. Um, we're also on the, all the socials. You can see us at Blotto Beatles. You can find us at BlottoBeatles.com. I don't think we've said this enough recently, my guys. Um, and that is, I'm going to be honest, our, our ratings on like uh, Apple Podcasts kind of stagnant recently. We we, right. we were we were it's rising like, up. We had and now, a bunch uh, of five-star reviews. We had, you know, we had some nice comments on there and things have been and sitting. So 
If you want to go throw um, some stars on your Apple podcast or your podcast app of choice, but I think the most common one where you can actually rate people is Apple podcast. Well, like, I guess um, um, also want- on the back of that, I think um, Spotify now is just rolled that out. Reviews really? and oh, star ranking is yeah. nothing. So like, I hate to be out here and like suck in Apple's cock and suck in the Spotify, you know, Whoa. but I think that, yeah. um, you said the C word. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. I, I, I love that yeah. word. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, it, it is what it is. I, I hate to just be out here and like corporately shilling for it, but like if that's where you are and that's where you're listening, and it, it would take you another couple of minutes to um to write something there. It it, it does help us a bunch, and and it feels really nice. Oh, I mean, honestly, uh, it does. You know, uh, when I see a new one come up, it's exciting, and even when I see a new one come up that is not complimentary, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Like I, I love I that. Do like to hear oh, that too. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so obviously we, we know what we're doing. The, the, <laughs> we we pr- we prefer the old five stars, but if it's you uh, giving us five stars or nothing at all, give us whatever you think is honest. Yeah, and I mean, let, if you only have we really stand in four point seven five stars for us, like fine, That's fine. We'll we, we can it. handle it. We can handle it. We can handle it. I I can't take um, it, guys. But- <laughs> Five or Scott nothing. Scott is not online. Yeah. I, I don't think he even has I- internet at his house. So don't tell me yeah. if it's we anything only, less than we five. We only tell him the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no. Everyone loves We're Scotty. Having Obama. Obama. We're having Barack Obama next weekend, Scotty. <laughs> You're going to be amazing. Oh, he's <laughs> he's, he's pretty cool dude, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really like uh, the Beatles. <laughs> and, uh, is that big, your, your big, Bernie Sanders? Big, big Paul McCartney guy? And... Uh, so uh, please remember this show is performed clearly by absolute professionals. Enjoy Bottle Beaters responsibly. Don't forget to subscribe and, as we said, rate us on your podcast app of choice. Without further ado, my friends, uh, uh, love, peace, and love. <laughs>